Coaches. Blow the whistle, ay. blow the whistle, ay. blow the whistle, they can't hold a flame against you, ay. blow the whistle, blow the whistle, blow the whistle, got the game, it ain't no issue, yeah. blowing the whistle, I had enough with you, the championship it is gone, ain't listen to you, I can't give it to you, cause you don't know what I've been on, this is the coaches, podcast, ripping up everything, off that, Hey guys, welcome into the Fantasy Coaches Podcast. This is your host, Steve Pintado, and with me as always is my main man, Jabron Curtis. What's going on, Jibs? I'm feeling good. I'm ready for a nice, wonderful, happy episode. Actually, I don't want to call it too happy because we're going to be disputing on a couple people going down the list of these quarterbacks. Some good ones, some bad ones, some mediocre ones, but hey, everyone, they have a job to do, and sometimes they'll be on that waiver wire when you need them. Absolutely, and Jibs just, just Jibs uh, gave away the secret for tonight. Even though you're probably seeing the title of the episode, but we're talking quarterback rankings tonight. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. First, we're going to talk about some news, but before we really get into all of that, I'd like to introduce our guest for this evening, Chris Pinto from the Belly Up Sports. What's going on, man? Man, not too much. Just grinding it out, uh, catching all the updates right now on Twitter, like y'all were mentioning, and uh, trying to. See if I have any shares of the said guys anywhere. <laughs> so other than that, just you know, uh, running the Money Manzel division of the uh, Belly Up Sports uh, St. Jude Belly Up Bowl, uh, and just kind of having a good time, especially tonight with you guys. Absolutely. And uh, why did you get into talking, you know, doing fantasy and all that kind of stuff? Yeah. So uh, wait, so you talk about the. Talk about like fantasy football, belly up. Why'd you get? Why? Why'd you end up getting involved into it? Yeah, sorry, I didn't hear you all. That's okay. Uh, and I just kind of started in college uh, playing fantasy football with some friends and fraternity brothers, and then it was just a way to kind of keep in touch with them as you moved on. Uh, and man, it was fun winning my first championship, and it just kind of got. I got hooked from there, and I started getting into more of the numbers and the stats and. Uh, OLPs and AEP, just all the different acronyms and things like that, fancy football. And I got lucky enough to run into this guy, Dan Mater, who works for Belly Up Sports. He runs MDS, uh, fancy oh. football show uh, for Belly Up. And he just kind of started talking to me and offered me a position at Belly Up. And I took it and I've been running with it ever since. And like I was mentioning in Jibs earlier, uh, man, you think you know a lot, and then you get into the community, and you realize it's humbling. You just realize how how little you really do know. Oh yeah, you know, we know we know Dan very well. Uh, he's been on the episode a couple times. He actually lives in New Jersey with us, so uh, you know we know him pretty well. He's been on the like I said episodes a couple times. So uh, Dan's a good guy. So if you're listening, Dan. You're a good guy, besides your fantasy takes. I'm just kidding. And yeah, Chris, like, same here. I thought fantasy football was for nerds, to be honest. Till Steve, same kind of situation, fraternity brothers. Oh, join the league. I'm like, all right, whatever, dude. Stuff it off my back. It's $10, whatever. Since then, Steve's been fishing me for more leagues, more leagues, more leagues. I know it is. Constantly. It's just like life. It's like Bibles. Yeah. I've got spreadsheets for my different leagues now. It's funny. <laughs> uh, fantasy football, guys. It brings people together in all kinds of ways. So, uh, no, that's great, Chris. No, we like to hear about some passionate people, and I know you're pretty passionate about fantasy, so uh, that's why we had to bring you on for this episode, especially for some quarterbacks. So. Today's episode is brought to you by The Gal. Based out of New York, The Gal is a 
curated collection of photographs from around the world. While we all unable to travel, this is a great way to bring a piece of the world to you. All prints are made from 100% recycled aluminum, giving your wall the gallery finish. Right now, the gal is offering our listeners 15% off their purchase by using the code 15OFF. Go to thegal.com. That's the G-L-R-Y.com. So your wall will never be born again. Let's get into the news for the day. Uh, as we all know, you know this is the time right now of the year where players are allowed to opt out. And they have until, well, it was August 3rd, guys. Now it's being extended until they come up to an agreement. But players have the option to opt out right now if they choose to. And we've seen a couple, uh, you know, not so low-key uh, players to opt out. And one pretty big one that happened today. So uh, we're going to quickly mention the first two. Uh, Marquise Goodwin from the Eagles opted out for the season. And Devin Funchess, who, a guy who probably a lot of people had a sleeper status on, basically opted out as well, giving me my Alan Lazar love even more now. Uh, but the biggest one I want to mention today, guys, is obviously if you haven't heard it yet, please you'll be listening to this tomorrow morning, is Damian Williams, uh, supposedly starting running back for the Kansas City Chiefs, the Super Bowl, you know, token away MVP guy. Uh, he's out and out. And what are your guys' take on this? Chris, we'll let you, uh, you know, start us off. Well, so if you ever listen to us at Belly Up Fantasy Live that comes out on Tuesdays, you know that there's a guy, Houston Wenzel, he, uh, He's a co-host of ours, and he is a big CEH truther. This guy is taking him everywhere in the second round and not looking back. I played both of them, Damian and CEH, just because, one, I, I'm, I'm really trying to fade rookies early on in my drafts just because of the way the whole season's playing out. Um, but, two, uh, Andy Reid could – I mean, he spent really uh, – I mean, he spent the farm essentially on CEH – uh, in the draft, so he's going to be the guy, and I just want anything to do with Damian Williams. Uh, I think this just propels CEH to get that top maybe 12 running back right now. I, I believe the same, though. Um, it's been a whirlwind of affairs, though, because Damian Williams was kind of touted by the coaches, like, hey, like he still could be a good guy, like, and you're getting you were getting him late, like around like pick seventy eighties around there, so that was good value. While people are kind of fading a little bit on Kyle Edwards Hilaire at um, redraft leagues, obviously uh, dynasty leagues, he's a short shot, at, like top pick, but he's pro- uh, Kyle Edwards is going to propel up the rankings. Uh, I did a little bit of adjustment. I think I have him at thirteen now, but like Cream Hunt. Steve, correct me if I'm wrong, three years ago, Cream Hunt, rookie, or two years ago, rookie. I drafted him in the third the third round. Like, I picked 22 people looking at me like I had, like, freaking ants in my hair or something. And then it turned out to be a good-ass pick. But you just never know. So, Andy Reid's good with the running backs. But, like, as everyone just say, just be wary of the pass pro. Be wary of the rookie. Be wary of the um, the pandemic kind of, like, torn season because they're not going to get that much practice reps. And... Sure, he could be an offensive weapon, but he's just going to be a little bit of liability in this uh, pass prep. Oh, yeah. So I just want to add something to that real quick, man, because you just sparked something that was in the back of my head. Speaking about Kareem Hunt, uh, I drafted him, too. He was my rider that season. <laughs> but if you remember that season, uh, he was a rookie. CEH is kind of coming into that role because Kareem Hunt was supposed to be behind, uh, I forgot the running back's name, but he went on IR. Kareem Hunt steps into that role and gets 18.45 
uh, carries the game in four catches, and all that was pre-Patrick Mahomes. So CEH uh, is looking really good. That's a damn good point right there. <laughs> no, definitely, definitely. Definitely agree with your guys' points on that. Uh, man, definitely, you know, big news at the time. I was actually in a serious conversation, not going to mention. But, you know, seeing that happen, I'm like, oh, man, I feel like my mind was all wandered. It's like, this is really happening. Players are actually, real fantasy players are actually sitting out, and it's becoming a reality, guys. You have to prepare for it. Uh, Dynasty Leagues definitely, you know, helps me having deeper benches. But luckily enough, if you haven't done your redrafts, which I hope you haven't, uh, this isn't as big of a news for you because you don't have to worry about it now. And again, uh, I have I have uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire as my I believe I think it's my RB twelve. I just moved him up three spots now, and I like his I like his potential this year. I mean, I think he's not going to see the complete workload like a Cream Hunt did his rookie year, but he's going to see a pretty majority I think of the snaps and carries now at this point. And if you're like in dynasty leagues right now, guys, if you're looking for a guy to scrap up on the waivers, DeAndre Washington, uh, you know Darrell Williams. Darwin Thompson, again, all these guys have an opportunity to maybe be that second pairing with uh, CEDH. Uh, Devontae Freeman has now been linked to them, possibly. Maybe LaShawn McCoy comes back. So there's some options out there. So if you're in Dynasty, definitely take a look at those right now. But And redrafts in 2020, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is looking really high and looking really good, which we'll talk a little bit more about him next week. So uh, that is the big part of the news, guys. Keep informed on what players are opting out because it's a big thing. And, also, be wary of what offensive linemen are opting out. You know, uh, I believe uh, who is the guy from the Giants right now just opt out. I can't think Nate of it. Soldier. Nate Soldier opt out. That could put some kind of effect to Saquon Barkley, possibly. Maybe, you know, Zeke will maybe go ahead of him a little bit. So just look out for some of those offensive linemen who are also out. Yeah, Jeff. So take a look into that. So let's get into our quarterback reviews today because we're, we're going through time already and it's, it's, we have a lot to talk about today. We're not even near halfway done yet. So we're talking about quarterback rankings, guys, and we all came up with our list of quarterbacks. I put them into an order, and we're going to try to talk about everyone just a little bit. Some we're going to talk about a little bit more than others, and some we're not going to talk about too much because uh, it may not be much need to. So we're going to start right at the top, and obviously the number one guy is Lamar Jackson, followed by Patrick Mahomes. Uh, you guys both have Lamar Jackson's one, Pat Mahomes at number two. Uh, can I say it's basically because of his rushing ability that he's number one in your guys' rankings? Exactly. Um, I actually may have to make a tweak because I didn't realize that. I think I had Pat Mahomes one and Lamar two. But the, the, the rushing ability and I guess to perceive that notion that he's going to be a better passer, hopefully in 2020, could have him still be a contender. But yeah. Patrick Mahomes, he was still a stud, and he missed quite a few games last year. Now, Chris, uh, now I know me and Jibs is, uh, you know, outlook on quarterbacks, but are you somebody or maybe not someone who takes a quarterback in round three? Because these are round three quarterbacks right here. You know, uh, I've never been a real, in my in my redraft leagues, I've never been a guy who's reached for a quarterback. Last year, I took Lamar, like, in the 12th round. Uh, I didn't want to take Patrick Mahomes last year. And I, there's always going to be value down there at the bottom uh, or even in the middle tiers. Uh, but I do, I guess you would say, I fancy a, a dual-threat quarterback, uh, as we'll talk about later. Yeah, definitely. And just so you guys know, I know Lamar is a, is a great prospect, and I have obviously no worries about him being a great one, a great quarterback, not a prospect. But it's been almost 10 years since a quarterback has 
kind of going back to back quarterback one in fantasy stats uh, since Drew Brees. So take that into mind. You know, you know, Pat Mahomes was out for a while, but he did finish ninth. So uh, just take that into consideration when you're drafting these guys in the third round. The next two guys we have is Russell Wilson coming at three and Dak Prescott coming at four. Both guys in really good, uh, young, talented, you know, receiving core uh, at their positions now. Uh, could any one of these guys kind of really jump up and possibly be the number one overall guy? Uh, I know, Chris, you have you know Russell at four and you have Prescott at five. We'll talk about your third guy soon. Uh, but me and Jibs both have him at three. So um, are you, can you see this being a possibility, being one of these two guys, being a guy who raises to maybe being the top quarterback? Uh, yeah. My top five guys, I like to do a little tier system, but my top five guys, I think all those are guys are kind of interchangeable. Russell Wilson's obviously always going to be in contention just because of his dual threat and his mentality uh, and the style of offense he's in. But the guy that I think that has the best possibility of jumping my rankings is Dak Prescott of the Cowboys. Uh, they have loaded up that offense crazy. Um, Zeke's going to play mad. Cooper's going to play well. Gallup's going to ascend this year. And then they've got CeeDee Lamb. I mean, he, I've watched pretty much every one of his games in college. Uh, my brother-in-law's an OU alum. And so I was forced to watch CeeDee Lamb play. And the dude is amazing. So I think Dak has the best chance of becoming quarterback one that everyone doesn't think will become quarterback one. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely cannot disagree with you whatsoever there. Again, for me, it's it's consistency with Russ. Uh, I don't want to take away from consistency. I'd rather draft a guy I know who's been doing it a little bit longer than Dak. Uh, Jibs, do you feel the similar similar way that with Russell over Dak? Yes, I at the beginning of the I guess after the Super Bowl, I had Dak like maybe three. I just like Chris, but I just kind of came into fruition like like consistency matters. Like you said, like I want just that stud guy. They say he wants to play up-tempo. He wants to play, like, KC. Like, all right, I'll take that little um, player speak. But I, I believe he will. Like, they, they have the, the weapons. They have Metcalf. They have Lockett. They have a plethora of running backs. Pete Carroll could just plug anyone in there. They're getting 15 carries and some stud numbers. But, like, they're back-to-back. Like, if I don't get Russ, I'll take Dak. If I get Dak, if I don't get Russ, it's good. It's just a good thing, like. I just believe all these guys in the top four, at least, can just give you stud numbers, and it's just all with your preferences. Because like, if you want to wait and wait and wait and get more value and get your um, other positionals like stabilized and have good depth, hey, take your shot. Yeah, these are consistent guys. Guys, you know, you're gonna put up. They're gonna put up many quarterback one performances, and you'll be pretty happy with that. So. Uh, both these guys coming at three and four coming at number five though this is where we come with our very first big differences and i wouldn't say big it's a minor difference but you know from three to six three to five is, is definitely a big difference uh chris you like kyle murray as the number three quarterback in this ranking right here now um why are you so high on murray man one uh he's a not only is a dual threat quarterback he's a dual athlete how many times are you going to find a baseball player and a football player uh, quarterback in your team, excluding Patrick Mahomes, a great one? But Kyler Murray is an Aggie. Uh, he, you know, he did some really good things with Christian Kirk, who he has a relationship with from college, now in the pros. They've got Larry Legend, who will be a Hall of Fame guy. They've got Kenyon Drake running the ball, who's a three-down back. They added to their offensive line in the draft. They added to their defense. Cliff Kingsbury is a savant in this pro style air raid offense. I mean, Kyler Murray is due. I'm sorry. He's not due. 
Kyler Murray will have a second-year breakout performance this year. Think about this. Last year when he threw 40-plus times a game, Kyler was almost 62%. Uh, his completion rates were almost 62%. That's ridiculous. At 40-plus times a game, and he finished the year at 542 attempts when half the year it wasn't really that air raid style offense, and he still had 93 carries for a combined 4,200 yards. This year, he is going to blow that number out of the water, adding New Hopkins in there. Yes, in division, they added Jamal Adams, but I have no problem with Kyler and Kirk just becoming that dynamic duo again. Yeah. That's why I believe that Kyler will be the number three guy overall. No, def- I definitely like your points that just be honest, like Kyler Murray, like the two, like what the season was, like you saw him coming out, like he didn't look as good as he did as towards the later year. But he finished QB eight last year, and like I didn't expect him to finish that high, to be honest, like coming out with that. But I just see like with the additions to the offense, another year under his belt, he could be that quarterback that it's not gonna be the late round like Patrick Holmes, Lamar Jackson last year, but he could be that mid round quarterback that you could just propel your season. I have him at five, but I, I'm not mad at you having that three. Yeah, <laughs> my, my, my hometown roots here in Texas had to pull through the, the A&M boy. <laughs> yeah, see, I, no, I definitely agree Murray has that breakout potential, and I'm no doubt about that. I, again, I'm a little concerned. I'm a little concerned when the team gets a little too run-heavy, and you saw it at times last year with Chase Edmonds. You saw it last year with Kenyon Drake that he kind of just – doesn't do big performances and and that's something that is definitely a big concern i mean he had six games with zero touchdowns five games under 200 passing yards i know this is an air raid offense i know there's new weapons on there but without a real pre-off season for these guys to really gain that chemistry i'm a little down on him i think he's still worthy of a top pick because i think he can still put up big numbers and you saw that against he actually played well against some pretty good defenses in his own division so the kid's got talent i'm just just be a little concerned. I wouldn't take him, you know, to I wouldn't take him in the fourth round. I know he's, uh, I think his ADP somewhere around four or five, but I would rather wait until round six, maybe if I could get him in round seven, whatever it is. But the kid has a talent. He has a real chance to actually do break out this year. So, and coming at the next two here, we have Deshaun Watson, Josh Allen, both guys. You know, you know Watson lost his top notch. You know, in Hopkins, he's got new player, new wide receivers and running backs around him. Josh Allen got a nice new weapon in on Stefan Diggs here. And we're pretty much all on the same page with him for the most part. You know, I think we're about one or two away. Chris, you're a little bit lower on Josh Allen. Is the reason because of him, as him as a passer, you're kind of lower on him? Yeah, his passing ability, I guess this is maybe his mental capability as well in that offense. Uh, adding Stefan Diggs does help him out a little bit. But, yeah, I just think I need to see Allen's – uh, quarterback decision making ascend a little bit before I kind of jump on that stallion wagon. Not that he's not a top ten guy, uh, I just don't have him as high as you guys do. Yeah, no, I think oh, Jibs has them the highest. Jibs, why are you? Do you like the Stefan Diggs edition? I just figured between that and seeing, seeing some of these other quarterbacks like Drew Brees, um, obviously looking now. Captain Hindsight, I think I could have Matt Ryan a little bit higher, to be honest. But I just believe that um, Josh Allen, just he's a dual-dart running back. I mean, quarterback, he could pass, he could throw. I know his passing ability isn't the most 
uh, profitable at some times, but he, he has an added weapon in the offense. I just believe he could have another stabilized year under his belt. But at the end of the day, you know where you're getting with Josh Allen. He, he's going to give you 20 points somehow, some way. Either it's one passing touchdown or rushing touchdown. He's a vulture in the red zone. So I just believe he could just be that, like, we could be more consistent, and I just think he'll have a better year and for the ranking purposes. Yeah, no, definitely. Like I said, I, I have met eight myself. Um, not down on him whatsoever. I don't. I don't believe that you know. And we'll talk about wide receivers, but I don't believe he helps Stefan Diggs whatsoever. But as him, you're going to get a rushing floor with him. And and I was going to say maybe he lose that touchdown upside, but with Zach Moss not having a real pre- off season, uh, there's possibility Zach Moss doesn't get a lot of touches, which I think will lead to Josh Allen seeing more of that you know goal line efforts and getting those touchdowns. I mean, he had nine touchdowns last year. Uh, he has an opportunity to do that again this year. I don't see why he can't. I mean, the offense is going to run through him. He's got the big arm to get things downfield. Uh, so, you know, Josh Allen, I think, is a pretty solid quarterback to grab. Uh, I'm thinking more like around eight or nine, though. Don't try to draft him too early. I don't think his rushing upside does enough for him to be a guy who gets drafted too early in drafts right now. And then we're on to our first really big, and I guess it's just me, basically, uh, differences in our rankings here, and it comes out at number what are we at nine now it looks like no eight. We're at number eight right now, and it's Matt Ryan, guys. Uh, obviously, it's because of me. I have Matt Ryan at five. You know, Chris, you have him at eleven, and uh, Jibs, you have him at nine. So I guess I'll tell you why I really love Matt Ryan this year, and there's a lot of reasons behind it. For one, the kid has a an amazing. No offense around him. Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, Hayden Hurst. He's got Todd Gurley in the backfield now. He's got a good core around him. I mean, it's it's great to have one of the best wide receivers in the game. And, you know, when it comes to his trend, you've seen him kind of go on and off, hot and cold when it comes to fantasy points over his career. And, you know, if you look at his, you know, trends, this is the year he goes off. And it's usually the second year when he's with his offensive corner. He, for some reason, forgets how to play football, right, and kind of just plays mediocre at best. And then he gets, oh, I understand it now. And then year two, he kind of really breaks out. And Matt Ryan actually wasn't having a bad season last year. That was one thing that I really found out recently is that, you know, he was a top four quarterback through week seven. And then if you guys forget, he got injured and he missed a couple weeks. And then he came back, struggled a little bit, and then put up some pretty respectable numbers in the playoffs. I just think this guy is bound to rebound. Um, uh, hopefully he doesn't. I wouldn't want to take him in round five, but he's a guy who's right now going in round ten. Who I, if I have him in round ten, I'm drafting him every single one of my drafts. I think he could be a guy that finishes in the top five in fantasy this year. That you're going to get in those double digit rounds. So Matt Ryan is my big guy. Um, why are you guys down on Matt Ryan? I guess me, I'm just maybe too high on Matt Ryan. I, I came to fruition. Sorry, Chris, but um, yeah, I came to like, like I said before in the Josh Allen thing, like. I'm, I'm looking at some of his stats and going back to 2012, he finished 7, 2013, 15, 2014, 7, 2015, 19, 2016, 2, 2017, 15, 2018, 2, last year, 11. So he's going to be top 10 this year, no matter what. And um, like Coach Steve said before, like in a couple episodes before, like the second year when he's under that new offensive scheme or whatever, he just explodes. So it's going two ways, two folds, whether it's his consistency seasonal for the last like eight years or so, or that second year offense. So the offense is stacked. Like I can't go wrong with him. Drew Brees, they're more consistent. You will think that you have the passing uh, volume and 
at least like a more consistent floor. And then Josh Allen, you obviously have the rushing ability. So like within those three players right there, they're they're my one like despite third tier, I'll say. You know, uh, I would have to say, and I'm going to give a shameless plug to you guys, podcast. Everyone needs to listen to these guys because, <laughs> you know, I'm going to crowd walk real hard right about now and listening to both you guys, looking at some stats, realizing that my number one wide receiver is Julio Jones this year uh, because let's take it a little bit simpler. You know, let's keep it a little simple. And I know you guys know what I'm about to say. It's an even year. Julio Jones is going to go off. So, in turn, Matt Ryan will also go off. <laughs> uh, like Jibs was mentioning, the offense is stacked. I think Steven said that as well. But, I mean, Calvin Ridley, another SEC Bama kid, uh, Russell Gage. Then the prodigal son of Georgia comes home to Atlanta, Todd Gurley. Uh, you know, he returns home to Georgia, to Atlanta, to a stadium, that he, or to a franchise that he watched growing up. They're so the, the narrative of the story is so good that I'm gonna have to change my rankings as I update my rankings tonight for our belly up guys and move Matt Ryan Let's go. ahead of some of these other guys and you know you guys help me do that so I'm gonna give a big shout out to you guys. Appreciate that, much appreciated. All right, well, tied with number eight, I guess tied with eight, was Drew Brees as well. I, I think we can all agree Drew Brees is pretty much a, a solid staple at quarterback you can probably get in round eight and nine right now, guys, right? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. So let's go to our number, quarterback 10. We're through the first 10 real quick. And this is where we have our next uh, big one in here. And, and I know probably why, Chris, you're about to talk about him because uh, Matthew Stafford comes at number 10 overall. I have him at 11. Jibs has him at 12. But you have him at 7, though. And I, and I think I understand why you have him at 7. But why don't you tell us? So, one, uh, anyone who's ever listened to me rant before on any belly up sort of stuff knows I'm a huge SEC guy. It just means more to these guys. Matt Ryan, SEC quarterback comes into Detroit, he owns this franchise, he was, I mean, it was heartbreaking last year, he had 291 attempts for 2,499 yards, if you extrapolate that, that's a 5,000 yard season from a guy in a dome who's got Kenny G, who's got Marvin Jones Jr., Danny Amendola, Keyshawn, or, uh, carry on Johnson, they add uh, DeAndre Swift, another SEC guy to this team, and that's why I'm so high on him, because his weapons are so good. Oh, TJ Hawkinson as well. Uh, the, uh, the Mackey Award winner from uh, 2017, I believe. Uh, Matt Stafford this year is going to have a huge year, and that's why I'm so high on him, because we saw Kenny G's talent last year as well, with no-name quarterbacks breaking off huge touchdowns. I mean, this dude is sick. He has wide receiver one potential with Matt Stafford all day. So that's why I'm so high on this guy. No, no, I couldn't agree more with you on that. I'll be honest, I don't know if I, I'm not going to speak for Jizz, but honestly, I want to move him up more. You I just speak for me. <laughs> I, I just don't know who I'd want to move down. That's the thing. Like, I love Matthew Stafford this year. If, if, if I don't get Matt Ryan where I want to get him, I'm definitely taking Matthew Stafford as my next quarterback. I like late-round quarterbacks. I know Jibs does too, but I just don't know where to move him up anymore. Maybe over Carson, I guess I could put him at 10, but uh, there's just so many quarterbacks with rushing upside that I like more, but Matthew Stafford just has that cannon with that offense he's in there. But 
Uh, I love him too. I him at eleven is just an understatement, honestly. I agree. I ask, I I probably move, I can move him up. Like the only person who'd be casually like Rogers wins, but I'm a fanboy, and obviously Rogers in between there for myself. But as the season comes closer, I I just know like all these guys within the top. 12, my top 12 at least, can just be consistent. I know they're going to be QB1s in and out. So Matthew Stafford, you get them round 10 or whatever, sign me up. Heck yeah, for sure. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, and now let's go to, we're in the second group now, guys. We're 28 minutes through, so let's see what we got here. Aaron Rodgers, we pretty much have them, you know, back to back to, oh actually Carson Wentz and Aaron Rodgers. We basically are pretty close on them. Uh, you know, I can see that, you know, Chris, you're a little down on Quince and Rogers, just probably based off what your rankings are, but these guys are pretty much between 10 and 13 right now. Um, I think we can say they're pretty stable quarterbacks. You can get in that, you know, nine to 10 range if you want with, you know, they're in good offenses. Um, is there a good chance that possibly Aaron Rodgers can be a top five still? I don't believe so, but, uh, anyone else? No, I, I agree with you. Even with the chip on his shoulder this year, I don't think that, and this could be one of my takes that's really wrong, but I don't think he's top eight at all. Yeah, no, I couldn't. I couldn't agree more with you, Chris. I, I think if if he does become a top eight, you know, I'll definitely eat my words on that. But uh, you know, I just the, the way the team is running with this run first approach is just it just really hurts you now. He lost Evan Funches, another wide receiver. Um, it definitely doesn't bode well for you know Aaron Rodgers on that note there. But let's go to our next one that we have a big difference on. And again, it's not much of a difference, but it's Tom Brady. And, you know, he's with the Bucks now. No offseason now, Chris. You know, I know he's got stud wide receivers. You know, he's 43 years old now, though. Uh, you have him at your top 10 now. Uh, you know, he scares me late season, though. So that's why I have him at 13. I think Jibs has him at 13, too. Uh, why are you a little bit higher on him? So... I don't know if y'all ever seen Entourage, but there's an episode with Tom Brady in it where they're playing golf, and Turtle is a New York Giants fan just hates Tom Brady. By the end of the episode, Tom Brady's inviting him over to dinner to eat with him and Giselle, and the Turtle is so happy. This dude is nice. He's charismatic. He is the GOAT. Uh, we've never seen Brady with the weapons that he has now. Uh, we've never seen him in an offense like this. Byron Leftwich is the OC. He was a former quarterback that played during the Brady era. So they've got a relationship already built. Uh, he comes back and adds his best friend in Rob Gronkowski, the WWE 24-7 champion. So Brady could throw Gronk a touchdown, and some dude runs out through the stands, and Gronk's got to defend his championship. Him and Brady put this dude through a table, and they win the game. <laughs> so that could happen. But then there's also Mike Evans, uh, Texas a and alum, and Chris Godwin. Uh, that is a dynamic duo. But the big thing about Tom Brady moving to Tampa Bay is Tampa Bay is hosting the Super Bowl this year. No Super Bowl host hosting team has ever made it to the Super Bowl. Brady's going to get one more record that no one ever has had and retired. And that's his swan song. So that's why Brady's in my top 10 because he's going to do it. You doubt the guy. Everyone always doubts the guy, but he is going to do it. And it's so, it's going to be so fun. 
I, I just can't see it. Like, he, dude's fucking 43 years old. <laughs> he's a scumbag. He's a cheater. And all this good stuff. He's still the GOAT. Don't get me wrong. Like, I respect the man. Uh, big uh, Peyton Manning guy. But uh, Tom Brady, he's definitely won me over over the years. But I just think with age and the new offensive even though, like, he's a smart man, he's probably one of the smartest quarterbacks in the game. Like, I know he can grasp the offense, like, any, quicker than anybody. I just think there's going to be a little bit slow progression throughout the season. Sure, he's going to have his TB12 games. But, like, the last two years, like, you, we've been trying to get him probably, like, within, I'll say, like, the latter part of, like, the top 10 quarterbacks. But, like, I still don't see him. Like, he could finish top 10. Fine, but I don't think he's going higher than ten. I think he's right. Thirteen's right there where he could be. I think ten's max. Eleven's probably what he's going to finish as. But I just got to like bake in like a little bit of regression for him, though. Yeah, I mean, he might be one of the casualties for uh, what we were talking about earlier, and he might have to move down so old boy can move up. Yeah, I'm just, I mean, obviously Brady's great and all, but again, 43 years old, he really, like, how, what can he really do at 43 years old? I know he did amazing things at 42, and I know it's just one year, but we've never seen a quarterback do it at 43 years old. And, you know, a different offense the first time, we just don't know how that's going to go. I, I think he will have some really good games, don't get me wrong, but as a full stretch of the season, I just don't see him being as productive. I mean, even at the end of the last couple of years now, he's fallen off at the end of the season, being a guy who is outside the top 15 a lot of times in your fantasy playoffs. Uh, if You're going to grab him. You're going to grab but you got to grab someone else, I think, personally. I mean, if you want to take him in round eight, take him in round eight, but I would definitely grab somebody else with some more upside just in case or at least a solid floor that you can rely on in case Brady starts to kind of regress as the season goes on, which he seems to have done the last couple of years now. So that's kind of why I'm at 13. He's got a lot of talent. He can do big things, but I could see him not being as productive all year round, so... And, like, the one thing I would say to, like, be a positive factor of time, really, like, we know the upside of the Tampa Bay offense, just that past this game in general. James Winston threw 30 for 30 and still had, like, a, over 4,000 yards, almost near 5,000. So let's get it together, guys. Like, Tom could be either good or great, but I'm expecting greatness out of them. But, like, I think they're going to do it in a smart, respectful manner. They're not going to just gouge people with passes all day. I think they had a pass because James Winston was so bad last year. Yeah. Definitely, definitely couldn't agree more. And now we're on to our I next guy. Tune in for next week's episode when y'all talk about running backs and see what y'all say about Rojo then. Uh, no, two weeks, two uh, weeks. We're going to have that in two weeks. Big Rojo guy. Two weeks, you're going to have to watch that one. We're breaking the running backs into two parts, so watch that, guys. We're going to have uh, some good, we're gonna have some really good <laughs> host on for that one. <laughs> uh, going on to the next guy here, right after Big Ben, we have Ben Roethlisberger coming in here. Chris, you have Big Ben low. Uh, me and Jibs have him at 14 and 15. You have him at 17 here. Are you not liking the Big Ben comeback? You know, uh, we have our bounce back episode uh, for Belly Up Fantasy that just aired yesterday, and Ben was one of our candidates. So uh, the, the one thing I have to say about Ben is, yes, he's got the great weapons around him, uh, and can he do it? Yes. Can he be number 14, number 13, maybe even number 10? Sure. Uh, I just need to see it. I need to see his arm. I need to see what's going on with that offense. I need to see how it's clicking. I need to see if James Conner is really as buff as he is and he can be healthy. I need to make sure that Juju can beat this coverage. Uh, And I need to see Deontay Johnson ascend. Uh, It all comes with Big Ben. So until I see that, 
first drive, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, be wary of Big Ben. Okay, I respect that. I understand it. Me personally, you know, I love Big Ben. I've always been a Big Ben, Big Ben fan. And I'm, I'll take the risk on it because I, I think if if he if I can take that risk and he comes in and he's got a top offense around him once again, uh, the sky's the limit for Big Ben. You know he has that top ten upside if he can keep healthy and that's that's the main part of him right now is being able to stay healthy. Obviously he's looked really good. You know when things we've seen him do it. Obviously we want to see him do it on the field, but you know uh, he's going in like the back half of you know round twelve right now. I think it is and. I'm taking that all day if I can. If I don't obviously get the guys I really like, we've talked about already. But I really like Big Ben. I really, I'd love to take that risk on his upside there. So, yeah, he's a full safe basically. Like if you miss out on everyone, bam, Big Ben's right there. Or behind him, you still got Cam Newton. Like there's a there's a lot of quality like quarterbacks that we had that were our like premier like quarterbacks like of, of years past. So. Big Ben to me, like obviously, like with Tom Brady, like at thirteen, I just think that like I'm going with like people who have been in the offense for a long time. Like Big Ben, like sure he's been hurt, but like he knows the offense. We talked about it last week. He's the fulcrum of the offense. That offense doesn't do nothing without Big Ben. Sure they won almost nine games last year with Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph, but it's just like the ceiling of that team is like unknown right now because that defense is so good like he doesn't have to do as much as he has did when he had Antonio Brown and everyone else but he could do less and he still could be have respectable numbers like obviously I like Chris's point like even though like we, they had crap quarterbacks last year Juju didn't do crap but like you gotta like depend on some of these like weird pieces of the office especially James Conner who's missed many games to injury so it's kind of baked in with his, like, ranking. Of course. No, definitely. Uh, going over the next guy here, we're going to just skim past this because we've been talking about him. Jibs has been talking about him constantly over the last couple of weeks, guys, now. Maybe we'll bring him back up at some point. Uh, so, but it's Jared Goff. I see you move him up. I did move him up a little bit because I do have Rob Woods and Cooper Cup high, and I have Higby somewhat high. You have to assume that Jared Goff can do enough at least to be somewhat relevant. So that that's why I moved him up personally. Right. So. Okay. All right. So we're going to roll on. We're just going to go by him. So we're not too far off. I I know Chris has a little low on him, but we're going to roll back because we have been talking about him a lot. Uh, Next up, I have Ryan Tannehill. And that's where we kind of really differ here. And especially between Chris and Jibs, you guys have much different. Chris, you have him at 14. I have him at 17. And Jibs, you have him at 19 here. Uh, So Chris, I'm going to let you go first. Why are you higher on Tannehill? You really rocking the miracle season last year? You know, uh, this is one guy that I am not going to be swayed on because of his history at A&M. Uh, he is a smart guy who is a wide receiver turned quarterback, turned wide receiver, turned pro quarterback. Uh, he can do it all. He knows offensive schemes. He's smart. Dude just got paid. They're not. I mean, he got paid. So not. You know, Patrick Mahomes money, but Ryan Tannehill money. So respectfully, he got paid. Uh, an organization is not going to just pay a game manager that kind of money, uh, excluding Brock Osweiler. We're not going to talk about him in the Houston Texans. But Ryan Tannehill, you know, in his first 12 games last year, had a 70% per, uh, completion percentage uh, for 2,700 yards, 22 touchdowns, and six interceptions. That is efficient, along with Derrick Henry, the king. Uh, 
AJ Brown is going to be a top from Ryan Hicks, one of our guys at Belly Up, AJ Brown is a top three wide receiver. So I'm going to tell everybody that and give Ryan Hicks a shout out uh, for that. And that's why I believe Ryan Tannehill is going to be a you know a, a little bit higher than you guys think because he's going to beat AJ Brown that ball. Uh, and A.J. Brown is going to do great things with it. Okay, okay. I, I, I understand your point. I'm hoping you have A.J. Brown as your wide receiver, too, in fantasy. If that if that's the case, yeah. then. Wow. <laughs> this is awesome. Brian Hicks has him at three. Uh, A.J. Brown is considerably lower for me. Okay, okay. And now, Jibs, your case for not so high on Tannehill. All right, Steve. Like, you know, like we went back and forth for like seven weeks in a row. The Titans are real or not. I said no every week. They prove me wrong every week. And I'm still going to stick to my guns. Like, I don't, I just believe Derek Henry got paid too. So you don't think they're going to run him to the ground? They probably are. But um, just Ryan Tannehill, I just don't think, like, he has the upside. Like, yes, sure, he's an accurate quarterback. Sure, like, A.J. Brown takes it to the house, like, consistently 24-7. And then you got a little dump off to Derek Henry who does, like, damage to the Jaguars every time he plays him. But... I just don't think there's that much upside. I think that rushing offense in the Titans scheme with Mike Brayville just doing his works and mojo or whatever, I just think there's going to be more run-heavy still. like They're not going to just – just because they paid Ryan Tannehill doesn't mean they're going to let him go rip it loose and whatnot too. And then you also get to say the other point too. When the athlete gets paid, they slack. So. <laughs> we have the Ryan Pesci. We did Buffalo ball – Paid him the money in eight teams later. Yeah. Maybe, hey, Jim, maybe I can give you this one little bit, too. Maybe I'll push you over the edge. Mike Vrabel, teammate of Dion Lewis, Super Bowl champions. He brings Dion Lewis back to catch the, the, the little throws from Ryan Daniel in the backfield. He takes it to the house. Anything right there. It could be, too, but like, I've seen <laughs> – don't don't slash on Derrick Henry. When he want to catch the ball and run, he'll catch the ball and run. Hey, there ain't no day on Lewis anymore. I know him. I love him. But All right. Tannehill is not a – he's not going like to win you a week, but like he's going to give you that nice little pug and play that will just kind of give you that little buffer when your quarterback comes back for next week. Yeah, no. I honestly might consider moving him down a little bit, to be honest. Chris, I'm probably – I'm not on your side on this one. Uh, <laughs> just – I've been Dolphins fan for years. I've seen what Ryan Tannehill can do. Uh, I know they might have a little bit better of a weapon than Miami's ever had around him, but – I just can't see him putting up such efficient numbers last year. Like he just he had a touchdown every 13 attempts. It just seems so unreal. Um, I just don't see him averaging tw- over 25 fantasy points a game like he did at the end of the stretch there. And the offense still they didn't change anything. They didn't add any new pieces. It's the same team. Teams are going to figure out what they're doing and adjust to that. And I, I think they do. And I think Ryan Tannehill has, is a pretty decent quarterback, but he's not going to be a guy who puts you over the top. He's had one top 15 finish in his career uh so i just i just can't see it for me he's just a trending down guy right now but he's not bad he's a solid guy but just not a guy who's going to put you over the top personally so and now we're on to the next one uh, and that's the last controversy of this group here and it's cam newton uh cam newton a guy you know obviously we know cam newton super cam just signed with the patriots this offseason we talked about him already uh but you know Chris, you have him really high again, and me and Jibs, of course, have him. Well, Jibs is actually with you on this one. I'm, I guess, I'm the lowest on him right now. So uh, I'll let you guys talk a little bit real quickly. You know why you like Cam Newton with New England. So I'll make it real quick on my point on Cam Newton. Uh, Dan and I were actually talking about this earlier today, 
And what I believe that is going to happen with Cam Newton is we're not going to we're not going to know what kind of Cam Newton we're about to see with Bill Belichick. It's going to be Cam Newton 2.0. We're going to see Bill Belichick and Cam Newton bring out some crazy style wishbone flex 2.0 offense to to, to the NFL where he is running it with Sony Michelle, uh, who will be available soon, hopefully, James White and Damian Harris. Uh, just something crazy. But he's a dual-threat quarterback that has won. And that's why I'm high on it, because Bill Belichick's going to turn this guy uh, into something amazing. Because Bill Belichick is going to say, hey, I'm going to take the craziest quarterback out there and win. I don't need uh, a Tom Brady to win. For me, uh, I might have to take a little bit of step back on Cam and go maybe near you, Steve, because this is before like we got the plethora of like, oh, Patriots opting out for Joe Burrow. I mean, um, for Trevor Lawrence next year, and um, be, but like I do understand where Chris is coming from though too, because like Tom, Tom Brady, yes, he was I think twelve, we'll say like low end QB one, and I think Cam could be reached that potential or whatnot, but like. And I also expect that Josh McDaniels, Bill Belichick, and that offensive fucking brain trust will just make sure they have exotic schemes. Like, we saw Tom Brady, he's not a spring chicken, and they ran the ball a lot more over the last uh, couple of years considerably compared to, like, when Peyton Manning and Tom Brady were going at it. So I think they're more of a rushing team, and I think Cam Newton could give a nice little cog to that offense that could Definitely give it a boost to be more sustainable without the Tom Brady leading the helm as well. Yeah, no, like I said, I have my 19, but, you know, it, again, it's not set in stone, of course, with me on that. I, I'm still, like, thinking on cam right now. My concerns is that, honestly, Jared Sinem still has a shot for the student job. I'm not going to lie to you. He still reports already still has a shot. He's got a shot still. I'm just saying. I mean, you see, you have to get these guys in practice, see what they are able to do. I mean, that's a big difference. Yeah, Cam's probably going to be a starter, guys. I'm not. I'm just, I'm just messing a little bit, but... I just there's some issues with Cam, his ability to throw the ball efficiency efficient enough with Bill Belichick. I know Bill Belichick is a mastermind, uh, but maybe it was Tom Brady. We don't know that still, and we don't know what this offense is going to look like. I'd rather not take that shot per se. He's a little older now, so the rushing floor isn't as great as it has been. Uh, so I have him a little bit lower right now. Yeah, he may move up on my list by the time August September gets here. But for right now, I have him at 19. I just there's concerns with everything that's going on with this New England team right now. Oh, one last point. You see that New England offense. You're a Dolphins fan, bro. They pass seven yards down the field. Cam can make that pass. <laughs> yeah, I guess he could. Yeah, I mean, seven yard passes only do so much, though. But I know. I get what you're saying, though. I get what you're saying. So, uh, going over the next group here. Not next group. We're not in, we're not in the next group yet. We'll finish off the top 20, we have Daniel Jones and Chris, Car- uh, Chris Carson. Daniel Jones and Kirk Cousins. Uh, you know, Daniel Jones, young guy, Kirk. Chris, uh, Kirk Cousins, the, the veteran stud. We all pretty much pretty even on most of these guys here. Uh, you know, Chris, I know you have Daniel Jones a little down. Uh, real quick, no breakout for Daniel Jones this year, Chris? You know, just I'm just wary on him just because I haven't seen what can happen in this offense. Not too much. I mean, he's one of those guys that's real flexible where I can move him pretty, pretty quickly. Um, I just – it's one of those gut things. Like I said, I'm new to the whole thing, so it's one of those gut things I'm going with right now. I get you. No, I definitely understand what you're saying there. So just so you guys know, he does have a pretty difficult schedule to beat again this season, so honestly, I may move him back a couple a couple notches back there. I think he has some pretty touch, tough 
defensive teams he has to verse in the first three or four weeks. So just keep that in mind when you're drafting Daniel Jones. Kirk Cousins. No Nate Soldier. No Nate Soldier. That definitely doesn't help as well. Kirk Cousins, I think, pretty much a veteran stud. We could say are pretty across the board who's just a pretty average guy who's going to be a run-first team. And now we get into the back half here now. The last 30. Well, there's two more after this, but the last 30 here. And <laughs> these are the fun guys. So we have a lot of differences here. First one, Baker Mayfield. Uh, you know, I can probably agree, Chris, while you have him at 24. So, you know, definitely I agree with that. But we're going to get right into Drew Locke. Biggest one of the difference here. Uh, pretty much one of the bigger ones. And it's, you know, I have Drew Locke at 16. I'm a huge Drew Locke fan. Jibs knows about it. Um, you have him at 27, and Jibs has him at 25. You guys heard many times on why I love Drew Locke, the offense, the arm talent, the potential, what he's able to do in a Pat Shermer offense. But we want to know, Chris, why are you so low on Drew Locke this year? You know, when I'm looking at it, I, maybe this is something where it's just, I got to see Noah Fantasen. You know, they added some good pieces here in the draft. They added Melvin Gordon. It's just a lot of new things. Uh, I am a fan. I'm a, you know, I'm a hype manager of luck because he can spit bars. So you gotta like a guy who is enthusiastic and just loves the game and loves to be out there and, and can compete. That defense will win him some games. But like I said, maybe Drew Locke is just some guy that fell down so low for me just because of how high I am on some other guys. Uh, he's one of the guys that I will have to look at through, you know, no preseason, but maybe week one. He jumps up pretty high, and then, you know, I got pie on my face because, you know, I'm on air right now saying that he's at 27 when he should be at 16. So I'll eat this one, but I just I just need to see it. I need the whole offense just to click. There's no shame of having, like, a disparity of rankings like that. Like, you said that over last week, Steve. I said, yeah, he can make the jump, but how far that jump's going to be, like, I'd rather have Derek Carr, like, if it's, if it's a waiver wire, week 12, and I see Drew Locke or Derek Carr, depending on the circumstances, Locke, like, Drew maybe Locke. he could ascend, I don't know, but I'm going to go with Derek Carr just because I know he's going to chuck the ball a little bit, he's going to have good completions and whatnot, but I just believe, for me, at the end of the day, it's just the Broncos' philosophy, they have two quality running backs, yeah, sure, they fucking went to the store and bought him every freaking receiver, tight end, everything, and nom. But he still has to show it on the ground. I can't give him a 16 ranking. Like, if I give him a 16 ranking, like, people are going to be coming from my neck at the end of the year. I don't trust it, Drew Locke. Where's my, in 2QB League, where's my, where's my freaking profit? No, I can't do it. He stays where he's at. I get what you guys are saying. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. If I'm drafting Drew Locke, I'm still going to grab someone else, though. It's just that, you know, Drew Locke has that high high reward, but he's got high risk of not really performing. But I believe he is going to. That's why I'm going to take him. But if you feel more comfortable taking a backup guy, I may do that. I may have another guy back there just in case, a little more stability. I always like to grab a guy who's got high upside, but also a pretty stable floor uh, in, in the QDB situation. So I don't hate it, but I just I have such a high... Highness on Drew Locke, it's it's unreal, and I'm I'm loving every moment of Drew Locke this year. Uh, I was, you got you got you got Drew Locke or Gardner Minshew. Drew Locke. I feel like they're comps. Drew Locke Gardner. all day. Yes, yeah, Gardner. You just see. Drew Locke they, all day. Yes, man. I mean, he's got swag. They both have swag, but I mean, Gardner just takes up that next level. Uh, yeah, I'm a gardener I'm a gardener truther. Shout out to Michael Lowe. <laughs> uh, next up, we got uh, Derek Carr. Uh, I think you guys kind of mentioned Derek Carr a little bit there. 
Uh, you know, you guys have him a little bit higher than I do. I might have missed you guys. Did you guys talk about Derek Carr already? I briefly said something that I just think he's like he's going to be that first quarterback you run to the waiver wire for. Like, Pretty much, like maybe Philip Rivers would be there, but like not last year. It was always Derek Carr and Gardner Minshew and just plenty of other people. But like I just think Derek Carr, like he's not gonna like I said, he doesn't have explosive numbers, high completion accuracy. Like with Drew Lock, he they stockpiled his weapons too. So I just think like he could be more sustainable last year. Like he's not gonna be his like almost MVP caliber season, but I think. With the weapons that um, John Gruden and Mike Mayock got for him, I think he could make a decent step, but like he's not going to go like be a fucking uh, earth shatterer by my, all any means. No. Yeah, I totally agree with that, Jibs. I just want to add a couple things. So I've got Derek Carr a little bit higher than you. I've got him at 19 in my top 20. Uh, like y'all mentioned, he has got a pretty good completion uh, percentage. Well, last year with Josh Jacobs in the lineup. He had a 14% better completion rating than without Josh Jacobs. Uh, so we've heard from Mayock, we've heard from Gruden that Jacobs is going to be more involved in the passing game. Uh, and hopefully he's healthy and plays a full 16 games. If that is the case, I think Derek Carr has a great year. Uh, and Jacobs as well. Uh, everyone knows how much I love Josh Jacobs. He's my ride or die at year in and year out. I love the story of the kid. Um, and you got to love a guy like that. But then also, the offense is run through Darren Waller, the tight end. They bring in Jason Witten to kind of mentor this kid and keep him out of trouble and just be his, you know, essentially the greatest tight end mentoring, possibly the greatest tight end of this era. Uh, If y'all ever seen him in Hard Knocks, dude is jacked. Uh, I love the walrus, man. And just the weapon that he has... uh, I believe that Derek Carr has a better year than uh, people think, so that's why I'm a little bit higher on him than most. Yeah, I, I have him real low, guys. If I, I don't think I mentioned it, I'm I have him at 26. Yeah, I have him at 26, and I'm not saying Derek Carr is a bad quarterback. I think he's going to be a pretty good football quarterback. But in terms of fantasy, I just that you know over the last couple of years now he's scored no more than 22 touchdowns over the last three seasons. Yes, he's had 4,000 yards, but I, I just think that's what he is at this point. I don't think he's going to be a guy that sees over 30 touchdowns in a season. I, I think you have Josh Jacobs there for a reason to take t- take that those sort of short passes into the end zone. I mean, I just read a report that they want to use three more more three tight end sets. That doesn't sound like an explosive offense to me. I just I just don't think Derek Carr's in an offense that's going to be explosive in the passing game, but more of a, an efficient, good, accurate, accurate quarterback to kind of get the job done and just doesn't bode well for fantasy for me. So That's fair. That's totally fair. I was about to rip you, but I think I'm about to get ripped, so I'm just going to hold my You just laid it down on us on Derek Carr, okay? Uh, you know, I, got, I know my thing, so, so uh, going on to the next one. We're almost, we're almost done here, guys. Uh, Philip Rivers comes in. I don't even know what number we're at right now, but Philip's com- Philip Rivers comes in here. And now, Jibs, you got some explaining to do because you got Philip Rivers at seventeen. That's what I was saying, like, I think I'm about to get <laughs> shot down. So tell me why Philip Rivers at seventeen. All right. So basically, my philosophy of Philip Rivers is basically I'm going to go with the quarterbacks that I know. It kind of sounds bad, but like, even though he's a new quarterback on a new team, he's played with Frank Reich before, and. Like, I know Philip Rivers is going to be bombing it down to T.Y. Hilton. He's going to be more of, like, the same thing we saw in the Chargers last year, minus 
a few interceptions. They have a better running game with a better offensive line. I don't think he's going to be susceptible to that. He hits as well. And I'm just going off the old relationship. I'm going with the, the familiar player. Like, I think 17, looking at it right now, is astronomically high right now. So I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to piggyback on that, maybe drop him down to 20-ish. But at the end of the day, like, with everything that's going on, like, I think – Phillip Rivers could still be that hug-and-play guy. Risky, but still, I think they're still going to get it done. Like, even with, like, um, Indianapolis Colts' like, rushing ability, I still think they have to, like, kind of lean on the pass because it will kind of get old at the end of the day, too. They can't just be running 30 times because people will know. Sure can. Only gets tight so they can do that. Sure can. I don't know, Jibs. Oh, go ahead, Chris. Go. You go. I mean, they have a great defense. They've got one of the best offensive lines. They've got two good running backs and Marlon Mack, who's a thousand yard rusher, and then Jonathan Taylor, who's arguably the one dot oh one in rookie drafts for uh, running backs, I suppose. But he still has highs too. Yeah. Chuck it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but then Michael Pittman Jr. Uh, Dan brought me on when you know that was kind of my whole breakout here into the fantasy world, and we we're talking about Michael Pittman Jr. Uh, the dude's got the pedigree. His father's an NFL player, but he's a guy that trusts the process. You saw him at USC and as a freshman have 10 catches. Move to his sophomore year, he doubles that. Move that to his junior year, he triples it. Move that to his senior year, and he has a thousand yard season uh, as a guy that trusts the process, who is a huge guy that can be Phillip Rivers' number one receiver uh, outside of T.Y. Hilton. So maybe I move up Phillip Rivers a little bit in my rankings. Yeah, for me with Rivers, is the fact that is that I think there's going to be a run-first team. I think they bring Phillip Rivers in to be a guy who just a little bit of a better pass, a little bit more of a, you know, where are they going to go? I Jacoby Brissett is a, you know, you know I love him in Madden, Jibs, but <laughs> in terms of a football player, he just doesn't have that, like, threat on the upside, like, oh, well, we have to watch out for Jacoby Brissett. But Phillip Rivers still somewhat has that. And the fact that he's in a new offense definitely brings him down a little bit for me overall. I think he's got a good core, you guys just mentioned, but I think they try to run the ball and play strong defense and, and kind of win the game that way and let Phillip Rivers win them the game if necessary. And I think they don't have to rely on him. They can use that run game. The two amazing running backs they have back there. And I just why I have him lower. I just don't see him having a big season this year. And he always has that issue with picks, so that's why I have him as low as I do. So. Uh, going over the next three, we're gonna go right through the next three because we're gonna go to one more guy after this. You know, after you know Philip Rivers, we have Jimmy G, Gardner Menchu, and Sam Donald. We were gonna talk about Sam Donald, but we're running short on time, so uh, those were the next three on the list. And then coming at where are we at now? 20, 30, 39, 30. You didn't want the smoke? I didn't want to talk about the smoke today. We'll talk you about. Got him at twenty two. I'm the believer. You got him at twenty two. <laughs> I know. I might have to move him down a little bit, though. I might have to move him down a little bit. But we're at quarterback number 26, 27 right now, and it's Tyrod Taylor, and that's the last one I want to talk about because this is the one of the bigger ones that we had uh, differences here, and both me and Jim's have him at twenty nine. Uh, but Chris, I really want to know why you have Tyrod Taylor at sixteen. Got to know. So. This is the one I'm hanging my hat on uh, for a couple reasons. One, I had this take on Tyrod Taylor a long, long time ago. I'm talking probably two or three months ago. And then Fantasy Pros comes out. Bobby Sylvester, who I love, he's going to be on our show this week, comes out with an article about Tyrod Taylor saying the exact same stuff that I am. So being a fantasy junkie, being a fantasy nerd, 
uh, I'm gonna run with it because that's that's huge for me. Just so, you know, like for, for my personal, uh, you know, just my personal uh, ego, right? So I'm running with it. Uh, Tyrod Taylor, for a couple reasons, is my breakout my breakout quarterback uh, and possible league winner is what I'm calling him because there's a couple reasons. One, we saw Tyrod Taylor in 2016 lead the league in rushing uh, yards from a quarterback, and he had a really good uh, completion percentage being, I think, one or two in turnover percentages. So he's really efficient. He doesn't turn the ball over. Anthony Lynn essentially didn't want Philip Rivers because Philip Rivers turned the ball over so much. So he brings in Tyrod Taylor to be the bridge between Philip Rivers and Justin Herbert, who is the future of this team. But, excuse me, Tyrod Taylor will play this year in my mind because of a couple reasons. One, this whole season is crazy. They're not going to rush Justin Herbert in no matter what, even if the Chargers are losing. They've got nothing to lose right now with Tyrod sitting there at the helm. Two, Anthony Glenn has said that Tyrod Taylor will have the driver's seat and be the quarterback. Actually, while we were on talking about this, uh, Anthony Lynn came out. Oh, it just went away. Anthony Lynn came out and said Tyrod Taylor will be the starter day one, and Justin Herbert is the perfect. And Justin Herbert will sit on the bench uh, because Tyrod Taylor is the perfect guy to learn from because of his attitude. We've seen Tyrod Taylor essentially fall from grace. Well, let's look at that. Why did he do so well in 2016? Because Anthony Lynn was his offensive coordinator. Anthony Lynn brought Tyrod Taylor to the Chargers for a reason. Anthony Lynn is a no-nonsense type of guy. He knows what he's going to do. He's got a game plan. When Melvin Gordon sat out, Anthony Lynn didn't care. He said, I got Austin Eckler. I know what I got. Boom. Here we go. Austin Eckler is a top three guy at the end of the year. He knows what he has in Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor is going to be efficient. Tyrod Taylor is going to have a great offensive line with Marquise Pouncey coming back. And he's going to have amazing weapons in Keenan Allen, who is in everyone's probably top 20 wide receiver, Austin Eckler, who's in probably everyone's top 15 running backs, a guy, Justin Jackson, that's got a high top, a high top like Will Smith from the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. He's got swag. Dude can ball. Uh, so Tyrod Taylor is going to run the ball. He's going to throw the ball. He's my top six. He's my number 16 quarterback, and he's going to be a league winner. Uh, and I'm telling everyone that every everywhere I go. So no one can talk me off the ledge on Tyrod Taylor, and that's where I'm sitting with him. I'm fired up. I'm ready to go to a fucking wall right now. <laughs> I have lost. I've been talking the Austin Eckler weed for fucking two months right now, and I have him absurdly low. Keenan Allen's, like you said, in my top twenty. I have him. He cannot be twenty nine. Like Tyrod's moving up. You like I totally forgot about like his. He's just like the ultimate like game editor. Like he's not, he's gonna run you the ball. He's not gonna go for extra yards. He's gonna go out of bounds. He's not going to throw interceptions like Philip Rivers did last year at all. Well, he probably will, but like he's not going to throw as many as him because Philip Rivers was just like chucking him for no man's like no man's land. But I, I believe like he he's getting some consideration. I, I, I have to bump him up at least like four to no, I don't say four, at least twenty six. Yeah, yeah, six six spots. He's he's gonna he's gonna be in top twenty four. Okay, okay, okay. I can get with that. Um, let me look at my rankings now. Jimmy G gone. Oh <laughs> God. Drew Lock moving back. Tyrod up. Oh God, guys. Okay. 
I respect your guys' take on it. I like I like I like my boy T-Mobile. I like T-Mobile. He's he's the beast. Uh, you know, I use him in fan. I use him in Madden. Maybe I, I'm same thing like Derek Carr. Like, is he gonna see over? You know, is he gonna throw for thirty five thousand, thirty five hundred yards and thirty touchdowns? No, I don't think he's going to. I, I just don't see it in his ability. He's gonna have that small rushing floor that gets like three to four hundred yards. I could put him put a little, probably put him a little bit higher than I have him, but. I just don't see him being a, a big fantasy asset, and I'm a little concerned that Anthony Lid gets midseason and like Tyrod's maybe struggling, and like, uh, do I do I switch? His job's on the line soon. He hasn't been really winning games, so does he switch to Herbert at some point? I don't know, and that's why I have him a little bit lower. Maybe I can move him up a spot or two, of course, but uh, he scares me as a guy who's not going to see a big upside in his game. That's all. Definitely consider all those points, and they're all valid too. But uh, Chris got the argument on this. All right, well, that's, you can't win them all, though. So we'll see. We'll see during the season. So. That's all right. I, I think You're the Vanguard, that man. league that in our NFL restart guys, uh, some guy left for some reason, and but I end up picking it. So he picked Tyrod Taylor in the third round. So I'm stuck okay. with Tyrod now as my cue. So okay, can I talk about that for just a second? Wait, he did that? So yeah. angry. I was so angry. I was talking in the chat and I was like, I'm about to take Tyrod Taylor. Someone took him. I, sh- I, I was like, I'm done. <laughs> I wanted Tyrod so bad, so I took my second best. My 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 guy was got a similar story. PJ Walker, uh, oh, I like it. I like it now. Yeah. <laughs> Sammy D. They gotta have two teams, so I don't have to worry about it. At least I got Watson in one, so I'll I was so mad. I was like, I'll get James on the way back. Snipe for one pick before. <laughs> All right, guys, we're almost done here. Uh, we're gonna finish it up. Uh, you know, after Tyrod goes off the board, it's Joe Burrow, Teddy Bridgewater, Dwayne Haskins, Ryan Fitzpatrick finishing oh. off thirty-one. And now, real quickly, before we end the day, real quick, we obviously. Chris, you have Nick Foles. Me and Jibs have Mitch. Why Nick Foles over Mitch? So, and this is the only reason behind this. Mitch is probably going to be the better quarterback overall than Nick Foles. But when I'm looking down here at this level, I mean, I want a guy who's going to propel me in the playoffs if I'm picking a guy down here between Nick Foles and Mitch Trubisky. If it's in the playoffs in the postseason after – uh, and I'm looking for a ship. I'm going to go with Nick Foles. This could be upside. Strictly the upside because he's been there. He's won. Uh, and so that's what, I'm going to take the coin flip on it. That's that's where I'm going to lay my hat on Nick Foles. Okay. Okay. Uh, it's not Philly it's now, Jibs. Why, why why Mitch over uh, Foles, Jibs? Oh, for me, like, he's a presumed starter in quotation marks, air quotation marks. But... At the end of the day, like, I literally flopped, like, literally like, two clicks. I'm like, oh, Nick Foles going back and forth. And I'm just going to give it up to him, even though Matt Nagy says it's going to be a open camp. But, like, the Bears cannot justify spending, moving up all that draft capital and then be like, all right, well, we got Nick Foles. Let's put him in the offense. Like, no, they're going to freaking ride this guy out until he does dog shit. And then they're going to put Nick Foles in and hopefully they don't go to Super Bowl. Yeah, no. Uh, well, let's just. I just heard a report that you know, uh, Nick Nagy said Nick falls at a disadvantage right now, so he's at a disadvantage, guys. And I believe he's going to be at a disadvantage. This is a Mitch's job to lose. And if you had to pick a, again, if I don't know why you're picking up Mitch or Nick Foles, really, you're not really probably going to pick these guys up. But if you're in a situation where you have two. to, <laughs> you gotta take two, of course. I'd love to take two or two, but 
Mitch provides more of an upside in his rushing ability, and that's what he's missing. And and he could be a surprise if he gets back to where he was in 2018, where he had a rushing floor and, and sees it that way, and maybe a more of a stable run game that he had with Jordan Howard with David Montgomery now. And that's the only reason why I have him above him. Nick Foles just doesn't do it for me. He doesn't provide an upside that I like want to see. And I'm going to give this quick stat because it's going to be pretty fun. He played 40 games with Philly. He had 8,000 yards, 58 touchdowns, 23 picks in the regular season. And 355 rushing yards in 40 games. And 17 games outside of Philly, he had 3,100 yards, 13 touchdowns, and 12 picks with 39 yards rushing. He just doesn't do it outside of Philly. It's Philly and Mountain for Nick Foles. So, like, I just isn't someone I can rely on as the, being the full time starter for. They're going to probably play multiple. They're all going to play both. going to play games. But I just wanted to talk about that, guys, real quick before we ended the show on that. So, you know, whoever it may be, you're not drafting either one. So, but that is our quarterback rankings, guys. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed it. Hopefully, we picked out some quarterbacks that you guys were kind of on the fence about and either, you know, swayed you the right way or swayed you the wrong way, whatever it may be. Um, you know, Chris, we'll let you, uh, you know, kind of just where people can find you and what you are currently working on that people might want to know. Yeah, for sure. Uh, first guys, I just want to, I want to thank both y'all, uh, for having on, for having me on here. Uh, it was, it was really fun, uh, being a guy that just kind of joined into the fantasy community. Uh, joining all these things are huge for me. I mean, you know, like I'm getting ready. My wife's letting me get ready. She's got snacks ready for me and all sorts of stuff. So it's like a big production. It's really fun. I really appreciate it. And uh, I can't thank y'all enough. But for us at Belly Up Sports, one, the biggest thing that we're doing right now is the St. Jude Belly Up Bowl. Um, 144 teams uh, across 12 divisions. $1,200 donated off the bat to St. Jude. Uh, and then we're taking donations daily. Uh we want to see who is the best in you know in our in our little pool of the fantasy world. So it's going to be pretty fun. My division, the Many Man's L division, is drafting right now. Uh, I started off the bat by drafting five running backs right off the bat, which is pretty scary for everyone in my league. Uh, so I'm having a pretty good time with it. Uh, but then also we're moving our belly up my belly up fantasy live podcast from Fridays to Tuesdays, and we're going to be just live the entire time. Uh, and then Houston Winslow and I are going to have a DFS show coming out, streaming on Saturdays. And then Mike Brown, our one of our co-founders of Belly Up, uh, will host a show with Houston and I Sunday mornings for start sit right before first kickoff. Uh, we'll give you analysis on injuries, who to plug in, quick guys to uh, fix your flex, all these kinds of things. And we'll take answers live on Twitter. Uh, other than that, two of our new guys, Billy and Nate, are working on the waiver wire show that we, we've dubbed them the wizards these guys are super into cool uh they know what they're talking about and they work really really hard to crunch numbers so hopefully they can help you guys on wednesdays for the waiver wire um dan mater is always putting out new shows for the mds show and you need to follow him if you're not he is a diamond in the rough guys uh follow him also you can follow me on twitter my personal account i'll follow you back my DMs are always open as well. It's at Aggie Capasig. I keep it pretty simple. Um, other than that, follow these guys, the fantasy coaches, man. They're awesome. Uh, I met these guys when I first came in to the fantasy community, and they've helped me grow so much. And now I'm on their show, so I felt like I made it kind of. Uh, so thank you guys so much for having me on. Yeah, absolutely, Chris. It's, it's a, it was a pleasure to have you on. This this was a lot of fun today. We're definitely going to get you back on during the regular season. Talk, uh, you know. I can't wait. It's going to be a lot of fun. So, no, we definitely appreciate it. 
And as always, guys, you know, go check out our website at www.thefantasycoaches.com. Uh, we got a lot of things going on soon. My draft guide hopefully will be done soon. I know Jibs keeps on, you know, coming at me like, where's it at? Where's it at? It's getting there. It's getting done. Uh, it's got th- things I'm working on. Uh, starting in August 1st, I will be doing a day-by-day team preview of every single team. A little like 15-minute video on YouTube, guys, to help you guys find some players that we may not get to talk about on the podcast every single day. Uh, you know, we have a new article out on tidbits and observations by our boy Joe. So check that out. And we'll have a, a little thing on Damian Williams by Joe later on today. So look for that as well. And, you know, as always, please go follow us on Twitter at Coaches Fantasy. You can follow me at Coach Stephen P. You can follow me at Hot Take Honcho on Twitter. I would like to add that we now have a SCC plug and Chris <laughs> Pinto. We have our Pac-12 plug. <laughs> with um jared, jared. so I'm, I'm loving the freaking college football atmosphere <laughs> no definitely for sure we got them college life in here but uh as always guys thanks for listening tune in next week we'll be doing our running back previews on mondays now we'll be starting on mondays when we have episodes on tuesdays and thursdays now guys so tune in we're gonna have two great guests uh john b i don't know how to say his last name but we'll find out maybe by next week and kyle yates and fantasy yeah and kyle yates from fantasy posts <laughs> We'll be on there as well, guys. So tune in next week, guys. Appreciate you guys for listening. Until next time, guys, have a good one. Deuces. The back is not far-fetched. We got a couple of clock hands. I've been feeling super duper. How the heck they know the future? Come with me, don't be a loser. Grass is green like Cooper Scoopers. Clueless analysts don't do the half of this. In fact, I'm backing this by asking if y'all remember that tough act interacting. Shh, like boom, running like zoom. The highest and mightiest entered the room. High off the knowledge, I'm feeling the fumes. All players covered this nuts as legumes. Opponents are doomed, and these are the facts. I keep it 100 like I'm running track. I listen up, Jack. I'ma head back, back to the blowing that, blowing that, blowing that. Go.